Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the world of Percy Jackson. In this episode we're going to read chapters 44 to 45 and in the previous episode we read chapters 42 to 43 and the trio finally were able to reach the town of Seward and were able to also take a look at Hazel's old home and they went to the shack. It was all closed up unfortunately. Uh, it was boarded up and everything and but Hazel was still able to relive relive some of her memories as some of her sketches were actually still there in that um, house. So she took some time to just remember her memories with her mother and Sammy and her drawings and everything. And then afterwards, um, after they all got changed into clean clothes, after that muddy mess that they dealed with with Gaia, um... Hazel tried to find some way to transport out of Seward to Hubbard Glacier, but apparently Hubbard Glacier is very, very far away from Seward. So it would be, it wouldn't be, they wouldn't be able to get to Hubbard Glacier in time, whether it was air travel or boat travel. And that, and that day that uh, is the Feast of Fortuna, so they can't really wait until the next day. So they decide to keep looking and then the griffins come back which is really really fun um but luckily arian comes for the comes to the rescue and is able to rescue the trio um are they all really scared and cannot handle arian's speed of sound barrier uh you know stuff no they cannot but it's the best option they have and within no time they're able to reach hubbard glacier within maybe like two or three minutes so that's really good so now we're gonna have to see what happens as they also uh, as they reached a replica of camp jupiter as they explored more of hubbard glacier so we're gonna have to see how they fight against um the trap so now we're gonna read chapter 44 hazel the ghosts form ranks and then circle the crossroads they're about a hundred in all not an entire legion, but more than a cohort. Some carried the tattered lightning bolt banners of the 12th legion, 5th cohort, Michael Varys's uh, doomed expedition from the 1980s. Others carried standards and insignia Hazel didn't recognize, as if they've died. They've died at different times on different quests, maybe not even from Camp Jupiter. Most were armed with imperial gold weapons, more imperial gold than the entire 12th legion possessed. Hazel could feel the combined power of all that gold humming around her, even scarier than the crackling of the glacier. She wondered if she could use her power to control the weapons, maybe disarm the ghosts, but she was afraid to try. Imperial gold wasn't just a precious metal. It was deadly to demigods and monsters. Trying to control that much at once would be like trying to control plutonium in a reactor. If she failed, she might wipe Hubbard Glacier off the map and kill her friends. Thanatos! Hazel turned to the robe figure. We're here to rescue you. If you control these shades, tell them. Her voice faltered. The god's hood fell away and his robes dropped off as he spread his wings, leaving him in only a sleeveless black tunic belted at the waist. He was the most beautiful man Hazel had ever seen. His skin was the color of teakwood, dark and glistening like Queen Marie's old seance table. His eyes were as honey gold as Hazel's. He was lean and muscular, with a regal face and black hair flowing down his shoulders. 
His wings glimmered in shades of blue, black, and purple. Hazel reminded herself to breathe. Beautiful was the right word for Thanatos. Not handsome or hot or anything like that. He was beautiful the way an angel is beautiful. Timeless. Perfect. Remote. Oh, she said in a small voice. The gods' wrists were shackled in icy manacles, with chains that ran straight to the glacier floor. His feet were bare, shackled around the ankles and also chained. It's Cupid, Frank said. A really buff Cupid, Percy agreed. You compliment me, Thanatos said. His voice was as gorgeous as he was, deep and melodious. I'm frequently mistaken for the god of love. Death has more in common with love than you might imagine. But I am death, I assure you. Hazel didn't doubt it. She felt as if she were made of ashes. Any second she might crumble and be sucked into the vacuum. She doubted Thanatos ever needed to touch her to kill her. He could simply tell her to die. She would keel over on the spot, her soul obeying that beautiful voice and those kind eyes. We're... We're here to save you, she managed. Where's Alcyonius? Save me? Thanatos narrowed his eyes. Do you understand what you were saying, Hazel Levesque? Do you understand what that will mean? Percy Four stepped forward. We're wasting time. He swung his sword at the god's chain. Celestial bronze rang against the ice, but Riptide stuck to the chain like glue. Frost began creeping up the blade. Percy pulled, pulled frantically. Frank ran to help. Together, they just managed to yank Riptide free before the frost reached their hands. That won't work, Thanto said simply. As for the giant, he's close. These shades are not mine. They're his. Thanatos' eyes scanned the ghost soldiers. They shifted uncomfortably, as if an arctic wind were rattling through their ranks. So how do we get you out? Hazel demanded. Thanatos turned his attention back to her. Daughter of Pluto, child of my master, you of all people should not wish me released. Don't you think I know that? Hazel's eyes stung, but she was done being afraid. She'd been a scared little girl 70 years ago. She'd lost her mother because she acted too late. Now she was a soldier of Rome. She wasn't going to fail again. She wasn't going to let down her friends. Listen, death. She drew her cavalry sword and Arian reared in defiance. I didn't come back from the underworld and travel thousands of miles to be told I'm stupid for setting you free. If I die, I die. I'll fight this whole army if I have to. Just tell us how to break your chains. Thanatos studied her for a heartbeat. Interesting. You do understand that these shades were once demigods like you. They fought for Rome. They died without completing their heroic quests. Like you, they were sent to Asphodel. Now Gaia has promised them a second life if they fight for her today. Of course, if you release me and defeat them, they will have to return to the underworld where they belong. For treason against the gods. They will face eternal punishment. They are not so different from you, Hazel Levesque. Are you sure you want me to release you want to release me and damn these souls forever? Frank clenched his fists. That's not fair. Do you want to be freed or not? Fair, Death mused. You'd be amazed how often I hear that word, Frank Zank, and how meaningless it is. Is it fair that your life will burn so short and bright? 
Was it fair when I guided your mother to the underworld? Frank staggered like he'd been, been punched. No, Ted said sadly. Not fair, and yet it was her time. There is no fairness in death. If you free me, I will do my duty. But of course, these shades will try to stop you. So if we let you go, Percy summed up, we get mobbed by a bunch of black vapor dudes with gold swords. Fine, how do we break those chains? Thantos smiled. Only the fire of life can melt the chains of death. Without the riddles, please? Percy asked. Frank drew a shaky breath. It isn't a riddle. Frank, no, Hazel said weakly. There's got to be another way. Laughter boomed across the glacier. A rumbling voice said, My friends, I've waited for so long. Standing at the edge of the, at the gates, gates of the camp was Alcyonius. He was even larger than the giant polyboats they'd seen in California. He had metallic golden skin, armor made from platinum links, and an iron staff the size of a totem pole. His rust-red dragon legs pounded against the ice as he entered the camp. Precious stones glinted in his red braided hair. Hazel had never seen him fully formed, but she knew him better than she knew her own parents. She had made him. For months, she had raised gold and gems from the earth to create this monster. She knew the diamonds he used for a heart. She knew the oil that ran in his veins instead of blood. More than anything, she wanted to destroy him. The giant approached, grinning at her with solid silver teeth. Ah, Hazel Levesque, he said. You cost me dearly. If not for you, I would have risen decades ago, and this world would already be Gaius, but no matter. He spread his hands, showing off the ranks of ghostly soldiers. Welcome, Percy Jackson. Welcome, Frank sang. I am Alcyonius, the bane of Pluto, the new master of death, and this is your new legion. That's the end of chapter 44. Wow, that was certainly a very interesting um, chapter. I will have to say that, you know, I'm, I still have it. I still have hope that Hazel and Frank will still be able to live because Frank might be thinking that he might have to give up his own life, as they said, the fire of life. So maybe he's thinking they may have to burn the tinder or some sort of that kind of... So basically, they a, a sacrifice. But I think that, you know, the prophecy of the seven, it clearly... I, I'm very certain it includes Hazel and Frank. So I don't have a doubt in my mind that they will continue to be, um, you know, part of the prophecy of the seven, and they will continue to outlast and outlive the, um, you know, Thanatos's duty. Well, and it does make sense that you know there is no fairness in death. He just must do his duty. He must, you know, you know, if they die, they die. He has to take them to the underworld. So we'll have to see what exactly happens. If they will let go, let Thanatos free. Because, you know, we'll just have to see what they do. What they pull. Or what they come up with. So after the break, we'll reach chapter 45. And until then, see you later. See ya. And until then, just take a quick break.
And we're back from the break. Or ads. And now we're going to read chapter 45. Frank. No fairness in death. Those words kept ringing in Frank's head. The golden giant didn't scare him. The army of shades didn't scare him. But the thought of freeing Thanatos made Frank want to curl into the fetal position. This god had taken his mother. Frank understood what he had to do to break those chains. Mars had warned him. He explained why he loved Emily Zhang so so much. She always put her duty first, ahead of everything, even her life. Now it was Frank's turn. His mother's sacrifice medal felt warm in his pocket. He finally understood his mother's choice, saving her comrades at the cost of her own life. He got what Mars had been trying to tell him. Duty. Sacrifice. They mean something. In Frank's chest, a hard knot of anger and resentment, a lump of grief he'd been carrying since the funeral, finally began to dissolve. He understood why his mother never came home. Some things were worth dying for. Hazel, he tried to keep his voice steady. That package you're keeping for me? I need it. Hazel glanced at him in dismay. Sitting on Arian, she looked like a queen, powerful and beautiful. Her brown hair swept over her shoulders in a wreath of icy mist around her head. Frank, no, there has to be another way. Please. I, I know what I'm doing. Thanatos smiled and lifted his manacled wrists. Wrists. You're right, Frank Zhang. Sacrifices must be made. Great. If death approved of his plan, Frank was pretty sure he wasn't going to like the result results. The giant Alcyonius stepped forward, his reptilian feet shaking the ground. What package do you speak of, Frank Zhang? Have you brought me a present? Nothing for you, golden boy, Frank said, except a whole lot of pain. The giant roared with laughter. <laughs> Spoken like a child of Mars. Too bad I have to kill you. And this one? My, my, I've been waiting to meet the famous Percy Jackson. The giant grinned. His silver teeth made his mouth look like a car grill. I've followed your progress, son of Neptune, said Alcyonius. Your fight with Kronos? Well done. Gaia hates you above all others, except perhaps for that upstart Jason Grace. I'm sorry, can't kill you right away, but my brother Polyboats wishes to keep you as a pet. He thinks it'll be amusing when he destroys Neptune to have the god's favorite son on a leash. After that, of course, Gaia has plans for you. Yeah, flattering, Percy raised Riptide. But actually, I'm the son of Poseidon. I'm from Camp Half-Blood. The ghost stirred. Some drew swords and lifted shields. Alcyonius raised his hand, gesturing them to wait. Greek, Roman. It doesn't matter, the giant said easily. We will crush both camps underfoot. You see, the Titans didn't think big enough. They planned to destroy the gods in their whole new home of America. We giants know better. To kill a weed, you must pull up its roots. Even now, while my forces destroy your little Roman camp, my brother Porphyrian is preparing for the real battle in the ancient lands. We will destroy the gods at their source. The ghosts pounded their swords against their shields. The sound echoed across the mountains. The source? Frank asked. You mean Greece? Alcyonius chuckled. <laughs> no need to worry about that, son of Mars. You won't live long enough to see our ultimate victory. 
I will replace Pluto as Lord of the Underworld. I already have death in my custody. With Hazel Levesque in my service, I will have all the riches under the earth as well. Hazel gripped her spatha. I don't do service. Oh, but you gave me life, Alcyonia said. True. We hope to awake Gaia, awaken Gaia during World War II. That would have been glorious, but really the world is in almost as bad as a shape now. Soon your civilization will be wiped out. The doors of death will stand open. Those who serve us will never perish. Alive or dead, you three will join my army. Percy shook his head. Fat chance, golden boy, you're going down. Wait. Hazel spurred her horse toward the giant. I raise this monster from the earth. I'm the daughter of Pluto. It's my place to kill him. Ah, little Hazel. Alcyonius planted his staff on the ice. His hair glittered with millions of dollars worth of gems. Are you sure you will not join us of your own free will? You could be quite precious to us. Why die again? Hazel's eyes flashed with anger. She looked down at Frank and pulled a wrapped up piece of firewood from her coat. Are you sure? Yeah, he said. She pursed her lips. You're my best friend too, Frank. I should have told him that. I should have told you that. She tossed him the stick. Do what you have to. And Percy, can you protect him? Percy gazed at the ranks of ghostly Romans. Against a small army? <sighs> sure, no problem. Then I've got Golden Boy, Hazel said. She charged the giant. That's the end of chapter 45. Pretty short chapter if you ask me, but that was still as much content as you could get even in a 30-minute chapter. So, well, that, that was a pretty interesting way to go about it. Um, I'm truly wondering. I, I, I am still stuck on the belief that Frank and Hazel will survive. You know, even if they do rescue Thanatos, um, I have a feeling that maybe Thanatos will possibly maybe make some exceptions. We'll have to see. I mean, it is him who said, you know, death is, you know, death has to be fair, you know? Or was it death has no fairness? It was along the lines of death and fairness. So, yeah, I think it was, I think it genuinely, it definitely was a very fascinating chapter to go off of, and I am really excited to see, oh, it was no fairness in death. Um, I, I, I see, I, Really want to see how this goes about, and hopefully that the trio is able to, you know, none of them die, none of them are sent back to the underworld, none of them, you know, have to go through that again, and all of them are able to go back to Camp Jupiter and be able to protect that as well. So, next time we'll read chapters uh, 46 to 47, and we'll see how this battle goes. So, until next week, oh, and if you guys enjoyed this episode or like this podcast as, as a whole... Um, if you would like to support me on Patreon, the link to my, uh, Patreon is in the bio of this podcast. So just look in the description and you'll find that link. Um, but thank, thanks you guys for listening to this podcast and until next time, stay safe and stay out of boredom.